Lay up not for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, but where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is there, your heart will also be. Thank you, buddy. See what practice can do for you? Beloved, it is wonderful to see everyone this morning. We appreciate everybody being here. Visitors, you are our honored guest, and we're very grateful that you've come our way, and we appreciate that so very much. Um, uh, beloved, I, from where I was sitting this morning, the, the singing was excellent, and I appreciate that. God has blessed us with some very good song leaders, but, but we got to be willing to follow, right? That, that's what a song leader does. And, and so you all sang wonderful this morning, and, and, and our prayer, of course, is our, our Heavenly Father's glorified in that. That we, that we praise his name the way that we should. Um, beloved, I'm, I'm going to start um, this Sunday. There's five Sundays in, in December. And, and so what we're going to do is, is these five Sundays look up um, what the Bible says up to the birth of Jesus, okay? And you say, well, why would you want to start this one? Um, this, uh, you know, we, we do uh, hear every now and then what they call a sermon series, and this is what this is going to be. I don't know, y'all ever watch miniseries on TV? Right, and they just, they just seem to pull you in, you know, draw you in, and, and you just can't wait to see what's going to be the next time, you know, and, and if you're not going to be home, you set your VCR, whatever, where to record and, and all that, you know, and, um, and so I guess that's kind of the idea of this, and, and um, you say, well, that's kind of a, um, a misnomer, you know, on a, on a title, isn't it? God rest ye merry sales clerks, and, and I actually had somebody come to me and say, Brother Green, you know what, everybody ought to be a sales clerk during the holidays at one of our major box stores for a little while, that you, you would find out the true human nature of people. And this person had, had been that, you know, and, and, uh, and so, brethren, we, we want to talk about mastering materialism and avoiding materialism, and, you, and, and listen, I am not, because I've, I've made a few comments to some of you, you know, um, and, uh, and, and y'all have kind of gotten the idea that, that I'm kind of the Grinch that wants to steal Christmas, or I'm an Ebenezer Scrooge, you know, and, and I'm real cheap. Well, I am cheap, but, but, you know, all that stuff, you know, and I just don't want you to have a good Christmas or to enjoy it. Brother, that's not it at all. Really, it's not. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't or you couldn't or maybe, you, you know, go to your, your, your Midnight Madness and Black Friday sales, you know. I don't think that's a horrible sin. I, I do question your sanity, but no, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to take Christmas away or anybody, but, but brethren, the Bible does have a lot to say about avoiding materialism, and, and we Americans especially, and I'm not just picking on us, but we have, as Chad has mentioned, been so blessed that it's easy to do that, you know. And what grandparent, I'm a grandparent, what grandparent don't want to get their kid a Mercedes for Christmas, right? And, and so you, it's really easy to get kind of wrapped up into that if we're not careful. And this is what I want to do, just, just to help us get on the right footing and, and look at what the Bible has to say about this. There, I saw a study one time, and sometimes you take these uh, secular studies with a grain of salt, but according to this study that they had uh, polled off tons and tons of people, and there's a whole lot of people that during the holidays, and they're talking about from Thanksgiving to New Year's, that during that time, there are people that will charge so much on their credit card that it takes them the entire new year to pay it off. Um, that's, 
brethren, you can, we, can, we can go to excess. And that's what I was talking about. And, and this is what I want us to look at. This one I'm called Jesus says, where your treasure is, there's where your heart's going to be. We get that mixed up. I've heard people misquote that and say, well, where your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to be. That's not what Jesus said, brethren. Now, maybe there's some truth to that statement. But what Jesus said, your treasure, your pocketbook, what, the things that you place value on tell you where your heart is going to be. And God cares a lot about our heart, brothers and sisters. You know, and, and someone has said about this time of year that people would drive to cars in malls they can't afford to spend money that they don't have in, in order to buy things they don't need in order to impress people they don't even like. You know? And this happens a lot during the Christmas season, right? Do you notice we have to do a lot of that stuff? You know, uh, you know, your, your wife, in my family, my wife, you know, sends out the Christmas cards, you know, and then we get someone from somebody we didn't unexpected. Oh, no, we got to send them one now. You know? Why? Because they sent us one. You know, brethren, that we, we really can get messed up on, on, on what the season is supposed to be about. And... So we want to avoid materialism any time of the year, of course. We're not just, this doesn't just apply during the holidays, obviously, but a good time to speak of it because it is a time that we can kind of let our guard down if we're not careful. What's the definition of materialism? According to what they, uh, the, the definition of materialism is, and I quote, the doctrine that physical well-being and worldly possessions contribute the greatest good and highest value in life. Um, that's a long definition. Some people say it means being greedy. Well, maybe, maybe, uh, you know. But materialists believe that comfort and pleasure and wealth are the highest goals of life. And that's what you ought to shoot for, and that there's really nothing beyond that. They are uh, more concerned with material things than they are spiritual things. In fact, a true materialist doesn't even believe in the spiritual. A lot of them do not. Uh, some of them will give it a little lip service, you know. Um, materialism, of course, like most things that we believe, brothers and sisters, is an attitude, right? There are people, and you may know some folk like this in our country today, brother, and some friends or neighbors, that, that their, their idea of, of self, their idea of their self-importance, their identity, their ego is based on things. And so the more things I have, the more valuable I am to society, right? We really get that idea sometimes. Um, in, in the Bible times... Um, there was a doctrine called Epicureanism um, that believed that, that, that the greatest good in life was to grab all the gusto you can here because there was no afterlife. And the Apostle Paul actually quoted one of their verses in first, uh, one of their, their phrases in 1 Corinthians 15, 32, and he said, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then let us eat and drink. And the, and the actual, uh, he leaves out a part of the actual quote was, let us eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. In other words, let's just grab all the material things we can that can bring us, whatever brings us pleasure, pleasure in this life because there is no tomorrow. Um, and those people, of course, then believe that the temporary is more important than the eternal because a lot of them don't even believe in the eternal. And the world is more important than God. And, uh, you know, you've seen this saying that would be our Epicurean saying today in our time. Y'all probably seen it. I've seen people wear T-shirts that says, he who, wears, he who dies with the most toys wins. Have y'all ever seen that saying? That's, that's kind of that materialism idea. Um, I love another T-shirt I saw that said, he who dies with the most toys still dies. <laughs> you know? 
Well, brethren, one, you know, and, and so we got to be careful in this regard. Now you say, well, Brother Green, is all materialism bad? Are we supposed to take a vow of poverty? And, and, and some people do and, and, and never, you know, just, just stay away from that and, and, and not enjoy some of the things in life. No, brethren, but there's a balance in there in the Bible in all things. Material, the material things were created by God. We understand that. Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that we have on this earth, brothers and sisters, like that, God created you know, anything we made, anything we manufacture comes from what God has created. And Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in the world and all who live in it. So material things are blessings from God. And God gives them to us, brethren, as we're going to uh, flesh out in this lesson this morning. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, verses 8 through 12. God is talking there to his new people that he's led out of the uh, Egyptian slavery, going to become the nation of Israel, his chosen people. And he says there in that context, listen, I'm going to bless you in every way possible. Now, there's one caveat. He said, you must remain faithful and completely devoted to me. And he says, I'll bless your land, I'll bless you in the cities, I'll bless you in the country, I'll bless you, I'll bless you with birth, I'll bless you with your, your, your livestock. He just named every way you could possibly bless you. And he said, in fact, I'll bless you to the point that you'll be loaning to other nations. He said, I'm going to bless you. And then he turns around and says, but if you don't follow me wholeheartedly, and if you go after these false gods, then I'm going to curse you and take those blessings away. So brothers and sisters, we are blessed by our Heavenly Father. That's where those blessings come from. So we should accept them as such and be grateful for them. First Timothy six seventeen, and we, you may want to put your uh, by, your marker there because we're going to go back to First Timothy six a lot. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to what enjoy. God gives us these things, brethren. He richly supplies us with these things. And as Ecclesiastes says, if you read the entire book, that God gives us certain things that we should enjoy them because they're from God, brethren. We need to be responsible for them, but we can also enjoy them. James 1.17 just says it flat out. Every good gift and every, every good thing and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Every blessing we receive brethren be it material or otherwise come from the almighty they come from god one we need to understand that oh brethren i talk to a lot of christians about well, i make my own way by uh, by the sweat of my brow and pulling myself up by my own bootstraps beloved who gave you the sweat and the boots god blesses us and we need to be careful not to miss that and we need to be grateful for each and every one of those blessings, no matter what they may be, uh, whether they're physical, spiritual, uh, what you know, however, and God blesses us in every way, you know, and we need to be grateful for those things. So material things, they come from God, and we need to recognize that. Thank God for that. But then, brethren, biblically, we need to understand that they are far less important than the spiritual things. We need to know that. Because one is temporary and the other is eternal. That's the obvious different, right? And so Matthew 16, 26, Jesus says, What good will it be if, or what profit, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and, and forfeits his soul? And that word in the Greek is literally not lose but forfeit. You throw it away. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Brethren, we need to be very careful that we get our priorities right, okay? So, preacher, why are you preaching about it right now? Because, brethren, this is a time of the year where it's easy 
It's very tempting to get involved in that material thing. I got to buy more than this. I got to make a better impression than that person, you know. Uh, you know, I, I've got I've to do all this, you know, and everything. And brethren, we get more concerned about the gifts under the tree than we do what it's supposed to mean and what it's all about. And so, uh, you know, brothers and sisters, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18 tells us this. So while we look not at the things which are seen, that, that's, the, that's the temporary, but the things which are not the seen. For, and, he, and he says something very obvious but profound. The things which are seen are temporary or temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And he says of the two now, obviously, we need to be putting our emphasis on the one thing that's going to make the eternal difference and not to allow other things to get in the way. And brothers and sisters, you and I both know that our enemy, the devil, is an expert at using things that may not be sinful in and of themselves, but to get us off the straight and narrow, so to speak, to cause our minds to get off of Jesus Christ. And so we need to be very careful that we do not allow that to happen, okay? Material things are earth-bound, brothers and sisters. That, it means exactly that, that they're going to be temporary. Uh, Colossians 2.22 talks about the things that we use on this earth, that they are destined to perish with use. How many of y'all have noticed that? How many of y'all still have the first car you ever bought and are driving it? <laughs> For some of us, that would have been a Model T. Terry says, I do. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, those at my age, you know, ooh, some of them I wish I had back, brethren. But that, you know what? Uh, those things perish with the use, okay? Um, you know, we, we always have to be working on our houses, you know, mending our fences, working on cars or whatever. You know, if you, why? Because they're material, brethren, and they're going to be temporary, Okay, so this is the attitude we need to have. First Timothy 6, verse 7, back to First Timothy. Timothy said, you know what? He's talking about the, the comparison of riches and the eternal and the temporary. He says, you know what? We have brought nothing into this world, and we're not going to take anything out of it either, are we, brethren? We're not. We're, we're really not, you know? And, uh, and there's been all them jokes about that, you know, mean, mean old man, you know. He told his wife one time, he said, I'm going to be the first one to take everything with me to heaven. And she, he said, I want you to take all my, when I die, take all my, my cash, my bonds, my, 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 my stock and all that. And he said, I want you to cash it all in and, and put it in a big trunk in the attic and I'll grab it on my way to heaven. And she said, well, what, what do you want it in? What denomination? He said, well, gold spins anywhere. Just put it all in gold coins. So, so she was an obedient wife. She did what she did. The man died, sure enough. And about a year later she was up in the attic and she goes up there and she finds that chest sitting right there where it was and she said oh man I knew I should have put that thing in the basement but anyway uh, <laughs> brethren so yeah got to think about that for a second no seriously brethren you know we, we get our we get our priorities mixed up if we're not careful and so he said we fix our eyes on the things that are not seen. We, that, we've got to do that, brethren. It means you fix them, you put them there, and you don't take them off. Because these, old th these material things, they're going to be gone one day, okay? We brought nothing in the world. We're not going to take anything out of it. We're going to stand with our soul before God. And that's what's really going to matter. So, brethren, <clears throat> that's the danger of falling into the trap of materialism, even for a little while. Because uh, materialism, the Bible says, can enslave and the Bible says we're not to be a slave to anybody but Jesus Christ. Matthew 6, 24, you're familiar with this. No one can serve two masters. Whether he will hate the one and love the other, he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in wealth or mammon, which literally means we would say money today. Okay? He said, you're not going to be able to do that. You've got to serve one of the 
other. And you know 1 Timothy 6.10, you could probably quote this, for the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Materialism will challenge your commitment to Christ, brethren. Oh, nobody knows that better than the devil himself. If he can get us chasing after the temporary to forget the eternal, then he's won the battle. Jesus said again, where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. Beloved, that's real serious, isn't it? And materialism, of course, can bring trouble. It doesn't have to, but it can if we're not careful. First um, Timothy 6, 9 but those who want to get rich fall into temptation and snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. Well, it's not saying it's a sin to be rich. It's not saying that some, God has blessed somebody with, you know, and prospered them greatly. That, that means it's a sin. We're to be good stewards of everything that God's given us and understand it's his and not ours. We understand that, brethren, but he said, he said if that's your goal in life, then you need to be very, very careful because it can, it can get you on a lot of things. It can, it can be a snare, brothers and sisters. Um, materialism, it can deceive you, right? Um, and Luke 12, 13 through 21 talks about that. The gentleman that had all the barns and the land and he was prosperous and he said, he said, to, he said to himself, Self, thou hast many barns and much goods for many years to come. Eat and drink and take your ease. And Jesus said to this man who was so deceived by his material possessions, the Lord says, and he doesn't say this often, but he said in this context, you fool. Because tonight you're going to give an accounting for your soul. See, he missed the boat, brother. So what do we need to do? We need to be careful about that, okay? How do we overcome materialism? How do we be careful not to go in that direction, especially this time of the year, brothers and sisters? He, the Bible tells us one, one thing we need to do. Cultivate the grace of commitment. We need to learn to be content, right? This is what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4, 7. I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I'm in. Brethren, being content is a learned process because you know why? Us human beings are naturally what? Selfish, right? It starts early. You tell a, you, a two-year-old kid can have two suckers, and you say, honey, give Johnny one of your suckers. <laughs> yeah, you got World War III on your hand, you know. Uh, it, it begins early, brethren, so we do have to be careful of that. We, it is a learned thing, you know, to learn to be content, okay? First Timothy 6, again, Verses 6 through 8. But godliness actually is a means of great gain, gain when accompanied by what? Contentment. For we brought nothing in the world, so we can't take any of that. If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. Brothers and sisters, do we have food and clothing on today? Yeah. Most of us are carrying good signs we've got food. Yeah. I mean to tell you, brethren, you know. Somebody said, I, I got the furniture disease. I don't know a furniture disease. That's when your chest doesn't drop down in your drawers, right? Um, and uh, so, brother, we, we've been blessed. God has blessed us. How many of y'all over ate on Thanksgiving Day? You know? I got to tell you, my little, my little sweet granddaughter who knows her grandpa loves pecan pies, or if you're up north, pecan pie, um, you know, and, and she made me one literally from scratch. She even made the crust 
And, of course, I was obligated to eat three pieces of it. You know, I mean, good stuff, brethren. You know, we do. We, we, we are so blessed in this world. And he says, if you've got that, if you've got clothes on your back and food in your stomach, be content with those things, brethren. There are many people in the world that don't have those things. Or those things are a daily struggle for them. So what do we need to do? Hebrews 3, 13, 5, it sums it up, I think, in a marvelous way. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. Are we, brethren, are we really content with what we have? You know, my kids get aggravated with me sometimes because they say, Daddy, what do you want for Christmas? I say, I got everything. I don't want anything for Christmas. I got y'all. I have family, physical and spiritual. I'm blessed. What more do I need? Beloved, God himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. God has promised that. So he said, don't, don't worry about all those material things, okay? Brother, we need to understand what true riches are, right? We really do. Uh, the Bible says that we need to lay up treasures in heaven. That, that's, that's the eternal, right? Uh, Ephesians 3.18 talks about the unfathomable riches of Christ, okay? We, we can't fathom them, they're so great. Philippians 3, 7, and 8, talk, Paul talks about the, 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 everything that he has, all these material things, including name recognition and, and fame and all that, that he has sacrificed and count them but dung in order to have the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ. Hebrews eleven twenty six talking about Moses. He said he considered the reproaches of Christ greater riches than the treasures of heaven. Uh, I'm sorry, of Egypt. Why? Because he was looking to the reward. And 2 Corinthians 8 9, brethren, one of my favorite, you know, for the, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. Oh, if you're a kid or Christian, if you're a faithful child of God, you are rich if you don't have two nickels to rub together. Do you know that? Beloved, I want us to understand that. Those without Jesus bless their souls. They only have the material, temporary blessings of this world. Beloved, I want us, as God's people, we're talking about giving gifts this holiday season. Let's give those folk the greatest gift that we can possibly give them. Not something that fit under a tree, but the gift that keeps on giving. Let's give them eternal life through Jesus Christ. Let's introduce them to our Lord and Savior. And remember, brethren, that this holiday season is supposed to be about God incarnate. God becoming flesh and giving himself so that we can be saved from our sins. Friend, if you've not done that, Jesus died on a cross as we just celebrated in the Lord's Supper in order to save us from our sins, and that's the greatest gift you could possibly accept is the gift of salvation. You do that by willing to repent of your sins and confess Jesus to be your Lord, and then by being baptized into Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of those sins so you can arise from that watery grave of baptism in newness of life, a brand spanking new creation, having been added to the Lord's church and on your way to heaven. There's no better gift than that.
If you need to accept that gift, we urge you to come forward now while we stand and sing.